Listen in Fridays to the new feature Times Like This on Aro City Radio in partnership with Luxembourg Times. Good morning, Dewey. How are you? Good morning, Lisa. So, the breaking news this morning, uh, Mr. Trump, President Trump, has a COVID. What do we make of that? I mean, is it going to curtail activities very much in terms of his uh, presidential campaign, or we just have to ride with it and see what happens? Pretty big news uh, to wake up to, right? Yeah. Uh, that's about as big as it gets. Um, <clears throat> we had this, uh, not Luxembourg news, but we looked at it, of course, because it, uh, it may change everything. Uh, well, first of all, you know, there's no signs that he has any symptoms, even yeah. he just tested positive. We know that the last of the uh, tests are, uh, are false positive. So le- let's see what happens, how that develops. Uh, let's hope he stays safe and his wife. Uh, of course, politically, it, I would think it makes it a little bit harder for Trump to, uh, to poo-poo the whole coronavirus because now he's had, it, he's had it himself. So he, he sees it's real. It's, it's, in the, it's in the White House. Um, his aides uh, have attracted the disease. I, and I think it, that's actually interesting, how it will develop, regardless of the individual one person, but yes. how it will extrapolate throughout the, the White House and how it curtails well, their activities. He, he's not, exactly, he's not dealt with the crisis very well. Everybody yeah. knows that. I think most Americans agree on that, that he didn't deal with yeah. that very well. Biden uses it as a, as a point to attack him. Trump says, well, no, you know, let's talk about other things. Let's talk about uh, the Black Lives Matters, the, uh, the riots that took place in many cities. Um, the civil unrest, and uh, it will just become harder for Trump to, uh, to to deflect attention away from a disease that he has uh, uh, suffered from himself. Yeah. yeah, and then of course, if he uh, if he really gets incapacitated and and, and can't uh, take part in the elections anymore, uh, then it gets really interesting because I think that's pretty much unprecedented mm-hmm. in American history. Mm-hmm. I could find one case of a of a vice president whose name was on the ballot and then and then died. And um, that was under Howard Taft in the 1910s. Uh, but anyway, Taft lost the election, so that uh, that never became a real issue. Right. Uh, but that could get legally very, very interesting then, what, what happens. Wow. Yeah. Never a dull moment. Indeed. Never a dull moment. Indeed. Yeah. It seems no. to be a bit of a politician's disease, right? Because uh, Boris Johnson yeah. had us attracted it. Um, this week, I think it was uh, Claude Thomas from Claude Thomas, in, yes. in Luxembourg, um, at least, and maybe somebody else. But uh, ba- Michel Barnier, yeah, the Barnier. Brexit negotiator, had Bruno Le Maire, the French. It's all that handshaking. They just can't help themselves. I yeah, know. It's all the, yeah, yeah. the shoulder rubbing. Yeah, that'll be it. Anyway, so that's this morning's breaking news. Indeed. In case people have missed it. But <laughs> in the news this week, um, other things going on in Luxembourg, not to be missed. Um, Google are still in the news. Um, we may get a decision sometime soon as well, to whether uh, this uh, project will go ahead. And I think we may soon uh, no longer be able to talk about Google because actually it may there may be a decision, as you say. Uh, this was a very nice story, I think, from Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember. Um We've talked about Google a lot. Yeah. Emery had an interview with the, the Bisson mayor and he said, well, we should be able to take a decision soon. But what I didn't know is that the council is going to decide on things such as the height of the building, how the streets are positioned. Yeah. And there were some concerns about noise from the building. And I, when I read that, I felt like, okay, those are not the big questions. Because no. the big questions with Google were how much electricity is it going to yeah. use and how much water is it going yeah. to use? Now it turns out, and I didn't know that, maybe I should have known, 
that the city doesn't look at, that the town of Bissen doesn't look at that at all. Those are national issues. Those are issues for the national yeah. government uh, to sort out. So they're just people. looking at the, the council, the local councils, just looking really at the planning permission that, that would be there yeah, for exactly. any building exactly. or any construction. And that's never going to be a major issue, how, 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 how high the building is and you know what colour it has. I mean, that mm-hmm. people are not seriously going to have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. So to me, it now looks as if uh, the city council is not going to be uh, the town the town communal council is not going to have a serious problem with it uh, and then it gets to the national government mm. the big decisions um, and uh, I think we know that the national government really really wants to Google site so yeah if I were to put my money on it I would say that it's going Ahead. It's going ahead. It's interesting actually reading the article because David David Viaggi, who's the mayor, mm-hmm. is saying in the article or in the interview that um, the town was selected as a site for an automotive research and development campus, mm-hmm. and um, this I think has been part of the impetus that they thought this technology centre would yes, be that this campus exactly. would be built up around Google. Yes, and it's kind of you know faltered. Um, they're a bit disappointed as how things. He says that, yeah. I don't. You, I, you can you can understand though as a mayor why you have to take a chance in these things, you know, for, in terms of bringing employment to the area. So yeah, of course, and it was already an industrial site. Yeah. I think there are some other uh, industries there, and so then why not build more if yeah. it's already there? I can see that. Um, we'll have another story out hopefully today or on Monday uh, that says more about the water usage of the of the of the plant. Ooh, interesting. But I right. can't say anything about that yet as long as we haven't published it. Right. Good. Okay. You know where to look, peeps. <laughs> Next one. Um, another story. Uh, this one is actually about housing. Luxembourg yearns for the government to step into the property market. Now, this was. Um, Tax advisors Atos That's did right. a survey. They did a survey and um, it was very interesting. Um, I don't think the survey was just about tax matters, mm-hmm. but they asked people about all kinds of things. Generally, uh, there were 600 people who took part in the, in the survey, but it was a, uh, a representative uh, sample of the population. Mm-hmm. So we should assume that most people think this way. Uh, one of the things that came across is that people want uh, taxes on uh, apartments that uh, are left uh, are left empty. So if uh, if investors buy an apartment and then they don't rent it out because they don't have time or they don't mm-hmm. need the money or whatever, uh, people want that taxed. Uh, which yeah, because would... it's it's basically stopping people from being speculative, I guess, in terms of the property market here. Yeah, or just being so rich that they don't yeah. care about three or four apartments that are empty. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we have a, 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 a terrible housing crisis in uh, in Luxembourg City. Uh, there aren't enough uh, places. Uh, prices are very high, mm-hmm. um, so it's not surprising um, that people would say that. What was also interesting from that story is, is I think, that one of the tax experts in in uh, in that company, Atos, said, "Well, I can see, and I think uh, I agree with the people, because actually uh, property taxes are extremely low in Luxembourg, mm-hmm. uh, among the lowest in the OECD countries. So uh, here is a tax advisor who uh, who agreed with the people that he thought that those taxes should be raised as well. Taxes on empty is, apartments. Have I understood this correctly, though? People people responding, which makes sense to me. People responding are saying they want the government taking it into hand mm-hmm. um, and providing sort of low cost housing or social housing." Um, which I think I completely agree with, but I just wonder how much, um, how likely that is when we have a government that 
I mean, the Democratic Party, they're liberals, you know, they, they believe in the free market. Well, I it's don't think the survey to... talked about uh, affordable housing. It right. just made those two housing. points. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you buy an apartment to let to rent it out, make sure you do rent it out. And if you do not rent it out, you should pay taxes for it. Right. So, um, it's, yeah, which makes sense if it's a tax uh, company. Doing you know, that. where I live in, uh, near, near around here, there's a big new development and uh, a lot of these apartments are, are empty, which I completely fail to understand because uh, it's the new apartments and uh, right. people should be living there, right? Yeah. So There was another point in the survey that they asked about is people also wanted um, uh, restrictions on the number of flats that uh, institutional investors can buy. That seems so what would an institutional investor be? That basically Like a big insurance company or a big pension fund, you know, right. who can buy, buy hundreds of apartments uh, in one go. Okay. Uh, they just want... Uh, uh, people don't don't feel comfortable with that, and they want more, uh, let's say, uh, individual owners of flats that they're okay with, you know, mm-hmm. because then at least you know the person. You know who your but landlord is. If it's a big is. anonymous right. uh, uh, a company, people don't feel comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. I think that's less likely to happen, to be honest, because mm-hmm. uh, to ban big investors from buying property, I don't think that's. It's uh, not likely to, to not come likely to, to happen. No. Yeah, interesting. All right, um, next one. Um, yes, there's the Varingo report we have mentioned previously yes. in terms of the, the palace. Um, but more, it looks as if there may be re- reforms on the way. Well, I mean, it's been discussed for a those long Those reforms long have time. been on the way for more than 20, 20 years. 20 years, yeah. But that's Luxembourg. And the tram was discussed for a length of time as well. And exactly. now it's happening. So these, re- yes, this has been discussed for over 20 years. But now these two things come together in one week because Parliament discussed both the Wenringo report and the constitutional reform of the role of the monarchy. Right. So we put them in one story. Uh, on the Waringo report, there was a little bit of good news for the for the royal family because you remember that a journalist had said that uh, the Grand Duchess had mistreated her mm. staff. He'd made some allegations there. Then the pro- uh, prosecution the prosecutor launched an inquiry, a preliminary inquiry, they came out yesterday and said, we didn't find anything. We didn't find anything to substantiate the claims that that journalist made. So It's been dropped. It's been dropped. Right. That's good news uh-huh. uh, for the Grand Duke and his wife. Uh-huh. Uh, the Waringo report was discussed in, you remember, Waringo was the civil servant who, who sat in the palace and who... Who looked at the structure and the running looked of... Looked at everything yeah. and wrote a report and the report was pretty damning mm-hmm. uh, it said all kinds of things are not right mm-hmm. um, they discussed the Waringo report in parliament and there's now some uh, some changes going to be made at the court uh, I think that the staff person uh, the staff at the palace will become civil servants mm-hmm. um, um, there's going to be uh, a clearer view on, on finance uh, there's going to be a committee to coordinate to liaise with the government, government and the palace all kinds of things that you Thought mm-hmm. would have thought would already have been in place, but were not, are now going to be put in place. So that's one side of the equation, and then the other side is the constitution, uh, which dates back in this country to the 19th century, and uh, needs to be changed, changed, and brought today, modernized. Mm-hmm. Um, because one thing that I didn't know, but in the constitution. The Grand Duke, Duke is, he has is power. higher yeah. than the government. Yeah. So while that has never been an issue, a real issue, I think lawmakers would feel more comfortable if it also said on paper 
that the Grand Duke has to do what the government tells him to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that process has been going on, as you said, for for two decades. They wanted to write the entire constitutions, but for that to do, you have a you need two thirds majority. And then the Seesvau, the biggest opposition party, stepped in and said, no, we want to break it up and we want to rewrite all these individual bits and pieces of the um, of the constitution, which is now happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, uh, Parliament debated the bits that talked about the monarchy. And so I'm sure it will all happen. But yeah, it's just quite going quickly. At, uh, I think, you know, to be honest, the way I look at it, everyone's a winner. Those people at the palace are going to become civil servants. That's yeah. definitely going to be a win for them. And the Grand Duke easier life he can take off to his new apartment in Biarritz <laughs> head off to the holiday home quite happy come uh, back whenever they need him uh, yeah well I don't uh, I, I, I totally agree with you uh, <laughs> I think it's good for everybody I think it, it makes you know it's better to sort these things out yeah. rather than have them not sorted out and, and hope it doesn't go wrong right because yeah. it has the, the, you remember the euthanasia moment yeah, when exactly, he did want abortion, to sign the bill yeah, it, and then they had to uh, step in and uh, he so, came, so it, I think he came forward and said I'm not comfortable we need to do something uh, yeah. he didn't want to sign yeah. and uh, they made the first change there and that went very quickly actually yeah. that they, they, they changed things so yeah. that's that one. One last uh, story um, I have, which is the ambassador, the Luxembourgish ambassador to Moscow. We did mention this once before, Herr Knebler, I think his name is, um, and he has taken a leave of absence and has, has remained in uh, Moscow and he's now taken a position at Gazprom Bank as yes. an advisor there. Um, yeah, do we know any more about that story? Um I do not. Uh, I just thought I'd mention it because it's... Do you know what's interesting to me? We had heard that he was going to go to some kind of a think tank and we started looking into it and then Yannick found actually that this is... So it's okay, you can call it a think tank, but it's really closely associated to Gazprom Bank, which is uh, one of the country's largest banks and closely associated to the government. So um, So, it's interesting that... It's uh, it's interesting. And the point is, he's taken leave of absence. He can come back in two years' time and take up his job as a diplomat here again. It smacks a little bit of the same situation we have when politicians leave the government here and then all of a sudden take up these roles as directors and directorships in the banks, you know there does. I yeah. I, I understood that there there was often uh, in other countries, shall we say, there's a, there's a delay. There has to be a couple of years before you take up those positions. And here, it doesn't seem to make any difference. You can just jump between. And the fact they're holding his job for two years, and then he can come back and take it take up his position. In, I I was just happy that we found out where he is, and uh-huh. we'll definitely look into it more. Uh, right. I, uh, Good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Find out more for me, please. Um, I'll try to. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's. Um, but he has uh, he has personal ties in Moscow as well because I think his wife is Russian, as it says in the story. Right, so that's that's why he wants to stay on. Hmm, very good. All right, well, we might get more on that. We might get a change in that situation, but um, it stands as is. It stands that the man's taken a couple of years out, having a nice little um, jolly in Russia, and maybe back doing something else in Luxembourg in two years' time. Lovely. Anyway, that's it for us this week, um, time-wise, out of time. Um, and have you back next week with more of the stories. And we'll look out for that. There's a there's a story likely to pop up on the, the Google um, story today on or Monday. Right. Looking out for that one. Excellent. See you then, Dowie. Thank you, Lisa. Bye. 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 Oh,
Radio Music, your love's a love.